What kind of impact do you want to have in the world? How can collaborating with others amplify that impact? In this podcast, hear from folks in all walks of life and work about the impact they want to have and how partnerships and collaboration play a role. Welcome to season two of The Collaborative Effect, a podcast from Venn Collaborative and me, Jim Waddell. Today I'm talking with Marjorie Turner Holman, who's a writer and editor and who loves the outdoors. She's the author of five walking books focused on helping others, including those with mobility issues, to get out and enjoy the outdoors. Marjorie, I'm so glad you stopped by today to talk with me. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me and for making me so welcome, Jim. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it as well. Could we start out, Marjorie, by your telling us a little bit about the work you do? Uh, sure. That's It's a passion for me, but it's also a place that I didn't really expect to find myself in. I was a very reluctant writer. I had no confidence. I failed grammar in school. I was not anything involved in writing and did other things until I encountered or I found myself in a serious health situation that turned my life upside down. And I suddenly, instead of being able to do the physical and the getting out kinds of things, was unable to walk because I was paralyzed on my right side. All of me, it's called hemiplegia. I had nothing left to me, it felt, and I had a computer and I just started writing emails back when emails were very rare and we were excited to get them. I don't know if people can remember that or not. So I would just write stories. I was a single mom with young kids. I write stories about what the kids were doing, but I also, because of this health journey that I was on, started writing a lot of introspective things. Because I was mobility impaired, I started focusing on that and eventually got to writing about walking. And that's more of the story. That's, that's fantastic. And so inspirational that someone who doesn't think of themselves as a writer has now written five books and somebody who's had some physical challenges is not just writing, but writing about walking and the, and that you're out there doing that and enjoying the outdoors in that way and helping others. Uh, it's really inspirational, Marjorie. So thank you. Maybe you could also now just talk a little bit about why you're doing this writing. What You mentioned that it was a passion. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that passion. Why are you doing it? Sure. The biggest focus is on walking. The irony is not lost on me that I, someone who has been unable to walk, I have regained a measure of mobility. I'm able to walk. My right foot is still paralyzed. My right ankle is still paralyzed. So I need support, especially when I'm in other than paved or, you know, indoor places. It, it was sort of an accidental, I've been a newspaper writer over 25 plus years. And so I've written about many different things, starting from those emails and 
it gave me the freedom to feel like I didn't have my mother on my shoulder saying, that's not the way you should say it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we've know, all experienced something like that. Writing is a skill. It's not a gift. And it's something as you write more, you can improve, but you still have to be willing to take it, take advice and not feel it personally to improve. So anyway, I was writing for a newspaper and I wrote this series of what we called Naturally New England, just getting outside and talking about different local places, very local. And I got tired of it about after a year and um, monthly paper. I, but I put those, I had this sense, I put those articles up on my writing website. And before long, people kept finding my website for those articles. And after about the 500th hit for one specific article, uh, and they would ask, where's Joe's Rock? It's a local trail. And I said, you know, I think there's a need here. And so I already knew how to self-publish because of other work I was doing as a personal historian. So it all kind of came together. I said, that's possible. I wonder if there's enough out there. And I found out there was. And so that was, you know, my, sure, it's wonderful to sell books, but it's even more wonderful to feel like I have something to give back, especially if you've been, had any kind of real life challenges that put you in a needy position. It's really crappy feeling when you're the one that always has to ask. And at least for me, I felt, am I ever going to be able to have anything to give back? I was at a really low place. And these books make me feel like I have something that can be helpful to other people. It's, and that's a nice, nice feeling. And I have certainly gotten that feedback from many people. I feel like Marjorie and looking at your books and hearing you talk about, you know, the writing piece as a skill and something that, you know, can be developed and can be worked on. I think I also think that part of your giving back is helping people understand the skill of walking. And I don't mean like the putting one foot in front of the other physical skill, but the way in which you talk about walking as a way of kind of being in the world and noticing things. That is a skill because I don't think a lot of us know, a lot of us know how to do that. A lot of us maybe are not as mindful when we do, when we're out there in the outdoors. And so I think that you're giving back on a couple of levels. I mean, I think you're inspiring people both on that sort of physical challenge level that you faced. But I think you're also helping all of us understand something different about what it means to be in the world and to notice things. Thank you. I have gotten feedback from a number of people that having read things that I've written, they go out and walk differently, meaning they notice exactly what you're describing it. I just do what I do. It's mostly when I write, I'm describing what I see because otherwise there's not a lot to talk about. But, you know, it's a really, I hear a lot of people say they get bored because they're always walking the same places. That's one of the reasons they like my hyper-local books because it gives them some different places to vary their routine. We love routine, 
but we also crave change. So there's always that tension between routine and change. And there is a tension there. But if you go to the same place all the time, which those earliest years, I wasn't able to drive. The only place I could walk was right along the lake that I overlook. And yet I realized every season, at least in New England where I am, changes. Every day changes. And therefore, if you're able to pay attention, in fact, going to the same places allows you to better see those changes than if you're always going to different places and you don't see the subtle changes that happen. And you you said you were from New England. So that's, I am. that's the writ large of changes it is truly beautiful right now. I'm looking out and seeing the yellows and oranges right out my window. It's truly spectacular, but it will be gone very soon. Yeah. And then you're into another season. That's right. Then you're into the cold and sometimes snowy and often just slushy part of New England winter. I am very those New England. (laughs) Yes, gray, gray. Familiar with the New England changes. And I really like the way you're talking about both change and routine. And to me, they're kind of uh, dependent on each other in a way. You know, I, I find as I get older, I'm much more interested in routine. I like routine. But at the same time, one of the things I've realized is that routine also gives me some constraints within which I can then have the freedom to appreciate the changes going on. So there's sort of a yin and yang in there in terms of routine and change being part of one another. This is, this is such a great conversation. I really enjoy thinking about, you know, seeing the world differently. And you've talked a little bit about why you do this work and kind of what you hope to do in terms of giving back. Can you talk about what impact you hope this work will have on the world? Sure. What gets me most excited is when I get feedback from people saying, thank you. I was able to do this because you shared something that I didn't know before. I'm an educator from way back. And like most educators, good educators, lots and lots of teachers, they have a passion to empower their students to go out and do things way beyond what the teacher themselves can do. Take those lessons and make them your own. You know, to be creative, to not just say, all right, I got taught this, so that's what I'll do, but to say, I got taught this, that's given me a tool to use my own creativity to do even more that my teacher may not have ever imagined. That's the impact that I would wish for if people say, I went and did this, that never would have occurred to me. That's about the biggest gift I could give could receive. So that, I don't know that answers your question. I I think it does when you say it that way. And also having been an educator myself, I really can relate to that idea that it goes beyond the sort of the thing that is taught and it goes into sort of, you know, the phrase that's frequently used is, you know, learning to learn. It's more than just learning the content. It's also learning the way of thinking and being. And I can definitely see your interest in doing more than just teaching people a way to see the 
the world or a way to do things or a way to think about walking, but also to help them internalize that and kind of be something different because of the ideas that you've imparted. And of course, the, my focus is not just walking because of surviving and living with now chronic illness. That's a whole mindset. And in fact, many people for many different causes live with something that doesn't kill you, but changes your life and it can't help but affect your mindset. And trying to make peace with living with a changed life is a very difficult challenge for, I think, most anybody. It, whatever that changed life is, divorce, death of loved ones, change of circumstances, illness, injury, and more. All of those things are a real emotional and spiritual challenge as we question our very reason for living and our purpose in living, and especially as you're saying, you know, what worth do I have when, I, when you're feeling worthless because you can't do the things that you always could do? And that's a real hard thing. I know many people have done that. I'm told that I do that. It ha doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen gracefully. I wish it did. <laughs> and it's not always evident. So it's, you know, it's great that you hear from people that you're able to have that kind of impact because a lot of us want to have a particular kind of impact in the world that's kind of deep. It goes beyond the sort of surface level and we don't necessarily always get a chance to see whether that impact has happened. So I'm really glad to hear that you get that feedback. You know, here at Venn Collaborative, we're very interested in not just the ways in which we all can have an impact in the world, but also the ways in which working together creates that impact. And so I'm very eager to hear your response to my last question for you, Marjorie, because when I think about the kind of things that you're doing, which are very introspective and very in solitary in a way, or at least I think about these kinds of things as very mm -hmm. solitary, I'm eager to hear your thoughts about when you consider that impact that you want to have, in what ways do partnership or collaboration play a role in your ability to achieve that impact? Huge. I love collaboration. I like to tell people that I grew up with my mother modeling collaboration. She called it Cool's Consultant Service. Our last name was Cool, K-U-H-L. <laughs> and so people would constantly call her and say, you probably don't know the answer to this, but I bet you know somebody who does. And invariably she did. And whether that just by osmosis became mine, I laugh and I'll say, Cool's consultants are of a second generation because people <laughs> will often call and say, do you know where that is? And, you know, who, how do I, what all those little questions that, that, People don't really know even how to ask. And it just seems like an instinctive, I almost without having to think, will say, I bet you could get some information from this person. I bet this would be helpful to you. Or go look at this, whatever source it is. It's just, it's kind of, it's fun. And it's very gratifying to see that. And of course, in my own life, I have needed to collaborate. I was forced 
to depend on other people. I didn't drive for seven years in a, a, a closest store is three miles away and we had no taxi service. I'm kind of out in the country. I had to learn how to collaborate, how to ask. And one of the most important lessons that I learned was that when you know you have a lot of things to ask, and that was what I was faced with at the beginning of this health journey, it's important not to overburden just one person with that. And I learned pretty quickly, I'm not sure where it came from, but I've taught it to other people that when you're asking for something, make it easy for that person to say no, take away the guilt. Uh And so I would always say, you know, you're the first person I'm asking whether they were or not. You're the first person. So I need you to be honest. And if this doesn't work for you now, it's important to me that you'll say no so that I can feel comfortable to ask you another time when it might be a better situation, whether it's timing or whether it's task or any of those things. I call it spreading the net wide and assuring people that I have other people that I can ask. It's not just up to them. And that takes a real emotional burden off that person so that if they can, they'd like to. And if they can't, they don't feel guilty and want to avoid you for the rest of their life. I I really appreciate the way you're talking about collaboration. One of the reasons I've enjoyed doing this podcast is I get very different perspectives on and kind of insights about what collaboration and partnership mean. And I really appreciate your perspective on just the mere act of asking for help is collaboration. And in fact, the willingness to ask for help, because that means that you're, you're okay with being dependent on others. It's okay to be dependent on others. And in fact, some really good things can happen when you're open to that interdependence. And I also appreciate your perspective on, you know, kind of balancing the load. One of my guests talked about the idea of collaboration being like walking on snowshoes. You know, you have to kind of get the, you have to balance out instead of walking on snow in stiletto heels, you're walking on snowshoes because you have to spread out the pressure and the, you know, and, you know, kind of load balance. And so I really, you know, sort of when you talked about that, it kind of spoke to me that way about, you know, sharing it, sharing the responsibility and being able to have a bigger impact because of that. That's a wonderful issue because I have walked in snowshoes. So (laughs) I know exactly what you're describing and you're right. It's really the more it's spread out, the more you the farther you're able to go within my own limits. I don't yeah. go terribly far. Yeah, it's we, still wonderful. We can go farther together. And I think that's the idea. And I really, again, appreciate this perspective of being open and willing to be dependent on others and ask for help and also to help those others be helpful by letting them know it's okay to for them to meet your request at whatever level they're able to or interested in. So- I like, is- to, I like to try to in- encourage people that we're all dependent on others. We, you're not born alone. <laughs> we need help to be born. We need help to die. We need help at various times in our life. And getting through the shame that seems to be in our culture 
that you should be independent and any dependence on other people is a shameful place to be. If you live with chronic illness or anything else, by its very nature, you are dependent on other people. You cannot be the Marlboro man that stands and does <laughs> his own thing and doesn't need anybody. We're not given that luxury to be independent. And yet what I know is that our lives are much richer because we have to invite people in. It's scary, it's vulnerable, but it's truly a much richer place than where we insist on being independent. I can take care of myself. I can do this all myself. It's more of that tension between dependence and independence. That is a great perspective. And I think so important, you're right, for us to overcome some kind of societal narratives that we have about how important it is to be independent and stand on your own. Most people who are successful that we hold up as heroes or people with who've accomplished great things, in my experience, most of them say I couldn't have gotten here if it weren't for. So important for people to remember. Marjorie, I really am so grateful that you took the time to talk with me today. I'm sure that our listeners are going to be eager to learn more about your work and we'll be giving them some links to do that. But in the meantime, thank you so much for being here and for bringing your ideas and your perspectives on the world. Jim, thank you. Thank you so much. What great questions and thoughtful listening. I really, really appreciate that opportunity. You take care. Best you take care on your continued journey. Thank you so much. You take care as well. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Marjorie Turner Hallman is a writer and editor who loves the outdoors. She's the author of five walking books focused on helping others, including those with mobility issues, get out and enjoy the outdoors. Learn more about Marjorie and her work at MarjorieTurner.com. You've been listening to The Collaborative Effect, a podcast from Venn Collaborative and me, Jim Waddell. Learn more at vencollaborative.org. Continue the conversation at vencollaborative.org slash effect. Let's create some impact together.